0: Well, great, good afternoon and welcome to Round the Table live with Christian Concern. Uh, we are going to be discussing today the very interesting and exciting events around conversion therapy that have happened uh, this week and in particular an open letter to uh, Government uh, Secretary Liz Truss, um, uh, Minister of State Liz Truss, who, uh, from over a thousand uh, ministers in churches around the country. And I'm very pleased, we're delighted to be joined by Matthew Roberts today. Uh, Matthew Roberts is Minister um, at Trinity Church in York, a Presbyterian uh, church in York, um, and uh, one of the key authors of this open letter. Thank you so much for joining us, Matthew. Um, no, great to have you with really. us. Great to have you with us. And also we've got online Ade Amuba, MBE, um, co-founder of Christian Concern. Hi, Ade.
1: Great, great to be with you also again.
0: Thanks for joining us. So, Matthew, listen. You were one of the um, authors originally of this mm-hmm. letter, um, which, um, as it stands today, as we're speaking, it's over one thousand seven hundred signatures um, of various church leaders, um, various different denominations and groups um, have signed it. Tell us about why you put this together as authors. Why did you put this letter together?
2: Yes, we when the uh, when the consultation was finally launched. Um, uh, there, lots of, there were lots of uh, parachurch groups, including Christian Concern, who, uh, who put a lot of effort into producing resources to help Christians know how to respond to it, and um, Christian Concerns was excellent, and uh, a number of other groups produced them that were, that were good as well, and taking different angles in various ways. Um, but reading through the consultation, one thing that was very clear to uh, to me and to uh, to a number of other of us who were involved in writing it was that... Um, this was going to very directly criminalize church ministers if it went through in the form which the consultation proposes and uh, and so it definitely seems right that it should be those involved in those ministers and others who are involved in Christian pastoral work um, who who would be most directly in the firing line or, or to have a response of their own and it seemed that there was a, a real sense in therefore putting one together so that's why we, we decided to do it um, and uh, and I think also, there was a a real sense in us doing it because the effect uh, if it were to go through as proposed would be drastic not only for church leaders but actually for for all Christians there's a real real possibility of this law being used against Christian parents um, in a pretty drastic way and uh, it would just have seemed wrong uh, for us as ministers of the gospel not to be the ones to stand up and and uh, uh, and speak out if people in our congregations are going to take the hit so those are the two reasons why so, it.
0: and what's what's really struck people here matthew is that these pastors have not just said we disagree with it and we hope you'll stop and we hope you'll reconsider mm-hmm. they've also said if you go ahead like this and it ends up criminalizing christian ministry we will disobey the law and that's what really grabbed people and what's grabbed some headlines here can you just take, talk talk us through that when is it right to disobey the law and why have you felt it necessary to say that at this point
2: uh, yeah that's a, a great question uh, when is it right to disobey the law as you'll know amongst christians there's a that there's a a bit of disagreement about where exactly you draw the line uh, it should be only disobey the law if we're specifically commanded to sin um or actually other other times where there's, there's gray errors. the thing with this issue actually is that this is so far over any possible area of grey area that there isn't actually a lot of room for disagreement amongst those who are genuine christians because um this would plainly make it uh, make it a criminal offense to uh, to teach or to uh, pastorally advise or pastorally assist anyone to to try to live according to god's word uh, in the area of sex and sexuality mm. if they uh, claimed to or Genuinely had any uh, any sense of desire to act in a different way, basically. Um, in other words, there's this this is way beyond any any kind of question where there's room for there's room for disagreement. And I'm asking very clear in in the, the response to the letter. If you look through the list of signatories, it's an extremely wide range of churches. Um, that where people have come from and that's very encouraging because what they've all said is that it's not up for negotiation whether we teach people that God made us male and female and calls us to live chaste lives whether we're married or single that's just not up for negotiation and so we're not going to stop doing that even if the law tells us not to we we serve Christ at first and and foremost
0: fantastic so and even on on the call here we've got yourself Presbyterian Minister and Adi Amuba Pentecostal, like Pentecostal churches. Ade, from your perspective, tell us why you signed the letter and what you make of the letter and its importance.
1: I think it's always important that we remember that we are all stakeholders in this country that have responsibility to hold our elected government to accountability and transparency. And and, and I think whatever your denomination, whoever you are, it's important to be able to speak out to be visible and vocal on these issues. And and now particularly on this um, consultation, conversion therapy. I look just mentioning conversion therapy. That that definition is so problematic, and that's where it starts for me. Trying to legislate to criminalise, on, as it were, conversion therapy. That the definition is not clear. It's not clear. Some people or someone has coined this, Mm. placed it on others, Mm. described it as abusive Mm. in so many different ways. Whatever those abuses they describe it as, we already have laws that deal with such abuses. And then to think that we have a government that now wants to, as it were, fast track such legislation on something that it's so vague in so many ways yet clear to us as Christians because we know what we do is biblical discipleship.
2: Mm. And
1: what I feel is that it's it's criminalizing in the way it's been defined, the way it's been drafted, if it was go through, actually, biblical discipleship. I, I when people talk to me about conversion therapy. I don't do conversion therapy. I do discipleship. Mm. <laughs> I do loving, caring people, listening to them, being a listening ear, caring hands. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who you are, the church has been doing that for centuries. Our yeah. doors are open to you to come and have conversations, to be loved and cared for and encouraged, yeah. because this is what we believe. We believe the, tr- the biblical mm-hmm. truth, the gospel truth, and we have a right to do that. And then what also concerns me is that every human being has a fundamental right to choose and change. Yeah. It's a fundamental right to choose and change. And so why are these people in this category who also have a voice and saying, if I struggle with a lifestyle or something in my life, I have the right to be able to choose and change? Why would you want to take that away from them? And the interference in particular is, like I said, biblical discipleship. And that's where it's dangerous. And I'm grateful many like myself and others who have spoken out on this with compassion, yes, with courage, with a lot of conviction and clarity. is one of the reasons why I believe the government has to extend the consultation and realize that this can be done. And I want to use this to say to everybody, it's so important in the times that we live on these issues that you are Mm. not silent, Mm. but that you communicate and make yourself very visible and vocal on these matters. And that's what is really in all those um, descriptions I've made why I said, no, I need to add my voice to the many others
0: this yeah, yeah yeah um so um matthew the the i think it only went public on
2: tuesday this this letter, didn't it? is that right um uh, i think it was monday morning with, monday it was, okay but it was a late morning monday it went live okay
0: and here we are on friday and 1700 signatures um hmm. how many did you expect or hope for and and <laughs> yeah how do you what have you thought of the response so far to this letter
2: i've been enormously encouraged um uh, when my wife asked me on Monday morning, you know, when it went live, how many are you expecting? And I said, well, if we, if we get over 500, I, I feel, you know, that'll be really good. And that'll give us something to go on. Uh, so to be at 1700 by Friday is, uh, is, is very encouraging. And of course, you know, we want to be careful. We haven't yet gone through, cleaned up the data and some people have accidentally signed it twice, and it, it, those kind of things, but it is definitely, you know, well, well over 1500 have, uh, have signed it and we're, um, that, that's very encouraging. And I think one of the things that is particularly encouraging is, um, is that it's enabled two things to be clear well one is um it, it's it's made it clear to the government um and perhaps more to the nation as well uh, that christianity actually is really here and i think that they that they're very very blind to um to the reality of, of a what christianity is and b whether it really exists so, you know you slightly suspect there's a number of people in government whose only experience of christianity was you know in their boarding school chapel um and you know, not to denigrate that but it's a very very kind of uh, minor thing um, and so to realize that there are people who, who genuinely passionately serve Christ and are not willing to um, not willing to compromise that is a, is a really good thing um, and the second thing I think is really good is that um, this this is, has been and is and will remain a really good uh, opportunity for us to speak about the gospel Um this is all about the mercy of God uh, our whole task as ministers is about the mercy of god god in christ is calling the world away from sin and all the ways that it corrodes life and uh, and eats away at everything that is good about being human and and what you see in the whole lgbt world is is exactly that dynamic in place and what we have in christ in his, he calls us to him is uh, is forgiveness and restoration forgiveness for the guilt and the uncleanness of our sins and restoration to be put back into um, or brought back to what we're supposed to be as human beings and that is exactly what we offer us as, as ministers, what the gospel offers, what Christ offers uh, yeah, through his church right. and, um, uh, uh, and it, we're able to say that here and but okay, we're talking about marriage in particular, it's only one aspect of God's commands, it's only one way. Uh, sexual purity is only one way in which God rebuilds us and re-establishes us and puts life back together again, Uh, only in part, but genuinely. Uh, But it's a great way to be able to talk about that. So I'm delighted that we've got, probably we've been heard by government a bit and hopefully some more people in the nation are aware that there's something we believe passionately to be thoroughly good about Christ, and we want to be able to speak about it. We? Well,
0: listen, I found it very encouraging that, you know, and this is an open letter, but it's actually a very strong letter. It's not a, it's not a sort of mild letter. You know, it's not like, let's make it mild so we can all agree on this. It's actually very strongly worded and strongly stated, and as I said, even says we will disobey the law if we need to on this. Mm-hmm. And yet you still had it, an overwhelmingly large number of people um, jumping on it to sign it say, yes, this is the gospel we believe in. This is the kind of Christianity that we are. Um, yeah. as well. And I think that's very encouraging.
1: Um, Ade, do you have do you have more comments on that? Well, I think there are times whereby you have to communicate very frankly with government. I think the letter in my the way I describe the letter is that it was um both um, gracious as well as frank. You know, and I like at times when you're able to mix grace with frankness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was necessary. Um, particularly <laughs> we're seeing with the government we have at the moment who would like to legislate and criminalize on things when they themselves in in senior positions are not living by the same legislation yeah we've just seen whether it's from hancock legislating to criminalize and ban people the parties that has been investigated at number 10. tell me if there's anybody you need to be speaking frankly and strongly with it's the government at this Mm -hmm. point and at this time and and i think it Portress my convictions again that we don't the problem is we have too many politicians in leadership but not leadership in politicians Yeah, it's got to change
0: <laughs> Yeah. so if you're watching live you can ask questions in the comments on Facebook and YouTube and I can see that Peter Benjamin there has put a comment up nice to see you watching Peter um, and Peter lived as transgender for a while and then he's put a comment here saying Christians prayed for me and that's why I changed from being transgender after seven years um, fantastic Peter um, thanks for reminding us that change happens and change is possible and we've put lots of stories of uh, change up on our website not just from transgender but also from uh, gay LGBT uh, various different lifestyles um, like that as well um, so that's great so Matthew what about what about this term conversion therapy it's mm-hmm. it's we really don't like it, don't we? Because A, you know, therapy is a loaded term and B, conversion is even more loaded term and it almost seems deliberately anti-Christian. Tell me about what you think about that.
2: Yes, um, I'm, I mean, I'm no expert on the history of this and uh, I have no idea who first came up with the idea. Um, but it, it's uh, it's, a stra- it's a very strange term uh, to use at all. I mean, I've certainly never, never come across anyone um, uh, who... Who would be embracing even an extraordinarily wide range of definitions that's been given? I've not heard of anyone using this phrase. Uh, it does very definitely. Nobody see... says
0: this is what I do. I do conversion therapy.
2: Nobody yeah. said that.
0: No. Yeah, no, exactly.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's a label that's been that's been invented by people who want to ban this thing, whatever it is. Yeah. Um And uh, so, so why include the word conversion? I mean, that seems a very strange thing. Conversion, of course, you know, you can be converted all sorts yeah. of things. People who have been converted to playing golf or whatever. But, but of course, it, within Christianity, conversion has a particularly rich heritage as an idea. I mean, you know, we can think back into the Bible. We think of Naaman and uh, the Apostle yeah. Paul, uh, and of course, in Christian history, uh, you know, Augustine of Hippo very famously converted in his garden in Milan uh, uh, back in the uh, in the fifth century. And, um, and that the basic concept that what Christ does is to is to turn our hearts around from being. Uh, obsessed with self and manufacturing idols and worshipping the gods that we ourselves have made and chosen and turn them instead back to the god who who made us in his image and he designed us for himself but that that's what conversion is all about uh, we really value conversion uh, people kind of know that um and uh it seems almost unavoidable the conclusion that, that the phrase has been deliberately chosen with a, at least a nod to kind of insinuating that the problem here is basically a Christian one um, mm, mm, and that it's Christians that basically need to be dealt with. Uh, otherwise, it's very hard to know why they wouldn't have gone for one of the other terms that have been used in the past for parative therapy or why don't they call it coercive therapy or abusive yeah. therapy? I mean, they would be perfectly good terms yeah. if, if, given the description of what they say they want to ban. Or therapy uh, why call for unwanted them?
0: sexual attractions or therapy for unwanted sexual identities or, you know, there's all these kind of things one could do. Um, and the other thing that we're concerned about Matthew is that they expand it. They, they instead of saying conversion therapies, they say conversion practices, to make it clearer that it includes prayer and conversation and whatever else people might do. And then 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 it's clear that it's not just professional therapists they're targeting here. And in fact, that's one of the issues, isn't it? It's
2: it's a it's a very broad target that
0: they've got. Here. Yeah, well, that was an interesting
2: shift in um, it, 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 that came out with the recent thing from um, the Ozan Foundation was that, yeah, this move, to just dropping the word therapy entirely and just kind of, it was almost like the mask finally throwing away the mask. Actually, it's conversion we care about. We want to stop people being converted to, to Christianity. Yeah. That's, that's what we want to stop. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's very interesting, this, because I, I genuinely think that the government um, did not expect to have this kind of pushback because they thought they were putting forward a relatively harmless, no one's really going to care. It's a nice way of sort of signaling our virtue and showing we're on the right side of the tracks on this LGBT thing and the rest of the world can look at us and nod. Yeah, we know that the Tories aren't nasty after all kind of thing. And what they've, uh, but actually what they, they've kind of been played by activists who know exactly what they're doing and who very definitely want to, um, want to see uh, Christianity itself, well, Orthodox Christianity itself um, being uh forced to revise itself by a force of law and um uh but actually what this things burned up in their face a little bit partly from the, the 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 sort of um the feminist angle of being very anti-transgender the gender critical uh, yeah. people who were very concerned about it but also it's burned up in their face uh, in i don't think they expected to find a lot of very sincere questions saying this is totally out of order so i think it's, it's delightful that they've noticed that
0: yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. And it reminds me as well, because one of the reasons that the consultation has been extended, in fact, when we organized this, I think we were expecting this would be the last day of the consultation. Um, mm-hmm. And then just yesterday, they announced that they're extending it for another eight weeks. And one of the reasons was um, that um, it was found that the um, easy read version, which they bought out a few weeks after the launch, um, actually said that teachers could be falling foul of this. Um, I don't know if somebody can put up that image of that tweet, um, but the easy read version, there we are. Reveals Maya Forster found this that the talking therapy ban, talking therapy would target teachers, and and teachers don't engage in therapy you know, in that sense. And it just it shows of how wide it was. And of course Maya had spotted that, and then the government immediately withdrew the Easy Read version because they're like, oh my dear, you know we've said something here we shouldn't have said. As somebody obviously intended to target teachers, though. But it, it sort of shows that you know, and 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 perhaps the the worst part of this consultation is saying that. People under 18 will not be allowed to consent to conversations that they might desperately want to have. And a teacher, therefore, could be criminalized for having that kind of conversation. Uh, or a pastor as well. Ade, do you think they intended that to happen? Or do you, do you think they've been conned by activists? How do
1: you how do you see it, Ade? You know, I, I'm the mind boggles at times <laughs> when you have as it governments will have a lot of advisors they try to look for the most intelligent people around to advise them and then when they come up with some of their um drafts as it were consultations you're pondering who's actually driving the thinking here it's almost as though they become so intelligent they are dumb in the way they put something forward um and how would someone not have thought through like matthew was in there on the word conversion the word conversion, it crossed uh, 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 across so many spheres, settings, professions, skill sets, dispositions, that somebody should have just said, hang on, before you even start thinking about this, the, the, the wording is wrong. Before we start even talking about those who he affects. So I'm not surprised, like you said, it's getting to a point where the pressure put to them, they're, they're, they're reading it through properly, they're rethinking it and realize we need to really pause and go and think about this all um, over again. And again, I'll go back to what I said earlier, on. kudos to those who put on the pressure from whatever um, sector they have and ourselves as as church leaders, making ourselves um, as a city indeed on a, on a hill that cannot be hid. You know, we need to stand up, be that authoritative and prophetic voice to the nation and speak at this time because this is the kind of thing that happens. It, it, it makes people to rethink, to pause, to review, to reflect, uh, and to change, and we just all have to do it one person at a time, but it becomes a bunch, just like the letter when it was crafted and the idea came, now it's get closing to 2,000 signatories, that's what can happen. When you feel convicted to speak, to do something, and led by the Lord, just be obedient, get on with it, and see what the Lord will, will do. So. Uh, whether the it was intentional what the government um, was trying to do at times, I don't think it's so much intentional. It's just that it's not been properly thought through and, and, and taken through its pace before it's put out there.
0: Well, they're definitely trying to rush it, weren't they? I mean that's clear. They, they, I mean, the consultation was only six weeks when consultation normally meant to be twelve weeks anyway. And they're saying they're going to rush through and have legislation by the spring. Uh, and all the word is that that's ahead of an international conference, which so they wanted to be able to present this and and. Now they've extended by eight weeks. I hope that's completely thrown their timetable out of, out of whack on this, really. And they're going to, and they're forced to spend more time thinking about it and properly discussing it and uh, respond to these various concerns that lots of people have raised about it. Um, but, Matthew, the interesting thing about the letter people might not realize is there's a there's a theological background page um, mm-hmm. on that um, website yeah. there ministersconsultationresponse.com. It is, isn't it? Maybe one of my colleagues can put that up there if we haven't already. Um, and um just talk to us about why why you did a theological background and and the importance of that um in this whole issue
2: yes um well we felt that was a really important thing to do um because this is although the of course the issue is quite simple um in that the the issue is is it good is it good for men and women to know that they're created in the image of god and that we are designed uh we're designed uh, sexually to marry or to be single uh, and abstinent is it good? So that, 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 of course it's good and so that's very simple but the, the um uh, th- that simple thing has been wrapped in in such layers of confusion by this whole thing of inventing this phrase conversion therapy and then we haven't really mentioned this yet but then defining it uh, not just vaguely but also preposterously broadly so that it includes a pastoral conversation at this end um and rape at this end and then says we're I mean, gonna ban the whole thing i mean that that's that's i mean that's actually a wicked thing to try and bracket those things together um but because yeah. of because of that it's actually it's really confusing it's very really no, no when that, there's no evidence that
0: what they call corrective rape has ever happened in the uk i mean uh, that, that's uh, the thing it's a made-up
2: absolutely uh, absolutely yeah, and, yeah, it's really yeah. And, i mean we, we, it's really we, yeah. we know how bad the world is it, it it would be no surprise if it's happened somewhere in the world but the point is is that um it has it, you you cannot draw up a category that includes you know a, a loving father chatting to his daughter and yeah. uh and includes uh something called corrective rape and then say we're just gonna ban that thing like that that isn't the thing. It, a thing it's an absolutely mm-hmm. preposterous thing to have done and uh but it, it really brought home to me just how much confusion there is over this when uh when we we, we had an evening at our church where i i just called the church together and said, you know, I just want to tell you what's going on here and encourage you to respond and explain what this is. And so we said, you know, and it's about conversion therapy. And uh, it was w- one of my um, colleagues was talking to someone and just said, by the way, is, is Matthew for or against it? Um, and, <laughs> uh, and that was really interesting. But, uh, but I didn't blame that person at all for asking that because yes. because of course, that's the whole point is that the answer is both. Like, Am I against pastoral conversations? No. Am I against rape? uh yes um and that's the whole and so the only way to actually that we could say something that was clear and concise but make sure there was no room for misunderstanding was to provide a really uh thorough kind of background um foundation for what was going on and an analysis of the uh, of the problems with the consultation and with the, the whole kind of uh, the whole thing and how it's come about and, and, and what it means and why Christianity is not what they call conversion therapy and yet it would still fall within the definitions that they've advanced for it. So that's why we felt it was really important to do that and we hope very much that that, um, that, that longer document will be really useful to people in, in trying to get to grips with the detail of the issue.
0: Yeah, because Adi it seems like what, what they would intend to do here is criminalise um, practice and belief and 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 uh, and telling people about Christian sexual morality, biblical sexual morality. Isn't that the output of this
1: here? You know, I said earlier on that I think that what they're trying to really criminalize, maybe they haven't thought about it well, is discipleship. When people yeah. talk to me about, I said, what we do is discipleship. And by the way, we are asked to go and disciple nations. Nations are made of three key, three areas, very key, people, institutions systems and as bible believing christians we have responsibility to speak into all three and and to teach discipleship teaching caring impacting tending feeding in in, in whatever capacity is it has transformed lives over centuries and and we just had peter come on there coming there talking about people praying for him and how that has helped him through what he has been through and for me it is that discipleship that is uh, all of this seeking to criminalize and and, uh, uh, and attack and I, I hope that many more tens of thousands will sign this letter uh, even you know that we've been given an extension because they need to hear it loud and clear and i say it there's no way you're going to pass any legislation that is going to stop me from doing what god has called me to do to mm-hmm. disciple the nations whatever you want to do you can go and do it i'm going to step and live by those scriptures by what the Bible asks me to do, like those who went before me, whether it was Peter, was uh, Paul, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, we're going to live by what we, we believe and we, we're convicted to do as Bible-believing Christians. Everybody is doing the same thing. The conservative party is living by whatever their principles and values are, whether you agree or not. Labor is doing the same, whether you agree or not. Greens are doing the same, whether you agree or not. You see that this equality of opportunity is for all or for some. If it's for all, then we too have to be standing, and speaking, and embracing, uh, and not being ashamed of the gospel that we are gifted, and that is so many.
0: Yeah, um, and, and Matthew, in that theological thing, you talk a lot about marriage, and mm-hmm. it, do you see this as an attack on marriage, and, and biblical view on marriage, basically?
2: Well, um, I, I think probably the way that I see it—I mean, yes—is the answer, but not quite as simply as that. I, I think it's—it's um, it's slightly more that uh, what these proposals do is to take what is actually, a, in a sense, it's a religious view of the world that that you know that contemporary identitarian secularism, if you want to call it that, that, that has developed, uh, which sees humanity as. Uh, the human nature is all about like really all about your feelings and your inclinations. and your identity is it derives entirely from what's inside you, and no one must ever question that you are what you think and believe yourself to mm. be. you know that that is a whole religious viewpoint. Yeah. um and uh, it's a very esoteric one uh, it's it is one that is you know entirely groundless on all sorts of uh, of levels and hugely problematic and there's lots of ways in which we could go into you know where that's come from philosophically and religiously but basically what what this what this document does is to take that particular viewpoint which although we see it encapsulated in the whole lgbt world of course it's just mm-hmm. as present in non-christian secular thought as well um and that no, who i am is all about, all about who I want to be and fulfilling my desires and etc. Um, but what this document then does, what this proposal does effectively, would be to kind of mandate agreement with that viewpoint in law. So, um, so one example would be there's just this throwaway comment um, uh, in the proposal that, that just says that um, uh, uh, the, the con- conversion therapy targets an innate aspect of personhood. Yeah, that's really interesting. That because. Like that, that's actually a pretty advanced bit of philosophical speculation to say that this that, that your um, gender identity or your sexual orientation is an innate aspect of personhood. Um, I mean that makes sense if you if you subscribe to certain particular philosophical stroke. Religious views of what it means to be human, but not if you disagree with those. Which the vast majority of people do disagree with those. But the, the, this proposal, I takes science, science could
0: also disprove that as well. I mean, as in, you know, people, you know, the fact is that sexuality and and gender identity and these things are fluid,
2: right? So oh, completely. Of Masses of people who people are, who are the whole
0: sort of born gay thing has been completely debunked now, and nobody. Really yeah, well, but what's
2: interesting is because there be loads of people in the in the. Um, uh the LGBT and lgbt movement themselves who would actually say that and indeed you can even point to contradictions yeah. within it that you know yeah. well is gender fluid or is gender fixed or which way is it etc and yeah. the um, yeah. um but the point about all that is that what the, what this proposal would do is it, it basically says you you not only have to do what we say but you must agree with the basic paradigm and if you don't agree with the paradigm then you're going to be breaking the law and so uh, and then when it lays down what it means by conversion therapies it, it says things like you know that um Conversion therapies have the intention of changing a person's sexual orientation or changing them to or from being transgender. Well, being transgender doesn't even exist in British law. It doesn't exist in many people's minds. Lots of people, not just Christians, would say that isn't actually even really a thing. It's not a thing that you are. It's a, uh, it, yeah. it's a decision about how you're going to act. But we we don't we don't agree that that's how people work.
0: Yeah, but the, you can't this
2: change your gender. It's it's all it's all a deception yeah sure but the idea that this is an it's an inherent aspect of your personhood is something that we just want to say we don't think that we don't act like that no that's not that's not what we are but if this proposal were to go through suddenly this very kind of um uh peculiar and limited philosophical viewpoint of the world would become required of everyone which is i mean pretty odd this is a new established religion i mean even if children
0: children, matthew the point is children can't consent yeah. to talking therapy, but can consent to puberty blockers, according to what this would, what this would mean, wouldn't it? You can consent to something that could have very long term consequences and and uh, and you know possibilities for you, and at the same time, not consent to a conversation to discuss: Do you really want this? And is this really the best way for you to live? Absolutely. Um, which is
1: kind of an extraordinary, perverse system, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We're still, still, we're still. Sti- sti- um, government is still doing the same thing. Well, which I phrase as complicate to implicate. They like to take something so simple and sensible, complicate it, and get people implicated by it. Um, and as you very well explained um, Matthew there, they take this phrases, take this uh, names, descriptions, and then try to legislate to impose it and, and get people implicated. And it's so clear, Thank God this is not gone through yet. And then when they've passed such um legislation in the past, then the courtroom becomes the battleground to to to, to deal with all the um on, on, on clarities about it. Um, I'm really, really hoping that um with the time given, um this in my view should, is is an unnecessary legislation. I hope we can get to the place whereby it's just kicked out of touch and realize that we don't need this. Well, it's but more I'm than unnecessary. It's completely, it's completely evil. It'd be terrible to
0: have it go through. You yeah, know, there's no need for it. any new laws in this whole area. Everything, even the government agrees, every physical act is already a criminal offence. So therefore, you've got to realise what they are going to criminalise is talking, right? Conversations, right? And then you're breaching human rights, freedom of speech and freedom of religion. So, you know, that's that's where we're going with this. And that's what the government has set out to do. Um, but our position is very clear. There's no new laws needed at all in this area, and we we want the government to recognise that and see that. And if it does come into law, we will try and challenge it probably on the on the basis of human rights breach, um, in in the courts. You know, at exactly that point, freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Um, and we think we'd have a very strong case on that. Um, so Ade, how are you? How should we pray about this now? What's your What's your um, advice on how to pray about this at this point here?
1: Well, I, I, you know, I always like to use the frame, "team." That our most potent weapon is prayer, but prayer without participation is paralysis. Yeah, and you can see when you combine prayer and participation, this is what we get: people participate, take action, sign documents, and, and engage with the consultation. That's the participation. Yeah. but then all of that it's undergarded by prayer, and the prayer will always be, um, for me, first and foremost, for me are the individuals. Who truly need the discipleship? Mm-hmm. Who really struggle with a particular lifestyle, a way of life, and want to change? We need to keep praying for them, the likes mm-hmm. of Peter, because mm-hmm. that's where it is that they will find the care, the listening ear, the caring hands they need. Praying for them and 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 helping them through the, what they go through, and and also pray for the government. We always have to pray for them. You know that the the Lord will indeed help them to think this through properly and do what is right. Pray for the church. Very important because we have a role in times like this as church, not to be mute, but to ensure we're speaking into this area and we're speaking as well as cohesively and coherently as we can. And also for the opponents, that somehow in our communication and what we do, we're also able to convince them as it were, or even if they can use their word, bring conversions. Because while the conversations are complex and complicated, I will always say that within complexities and complications of conversations, there can be conversions. So we must also pray for them, that somehow what we communicate and put out is able to help them come to the same place where we are, so that's the sphere. Different areas where we need to just continue to pray into, making it holistic, touching on all sides, because that's what we are called to do as ministers. Even what the Bible says, even those who persecute you, who, who hate you, pray for them. Yes, yep. and so if I can pray for an enemy and pray for somebody that is causing me pain, then I can pray for everybody.
0: That's great. Well, um, listen, um, the consultation is now extended to february the 4th i think it is so if you still haven't responded um our guidance is up on our website maybe my friends can put the link up there um and do respond to it if if you're a church leader or you have a church leader do get them to sign the um the open letter as well the more the better on that and it really puts the government uh holds the government to account on this and shows the strength of feeling and the numbers of churches you know each of those ministers represents a church right you know so the numbers of churches and numbers of people who are very 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 concerned about this to the point of saying we might have to disobey the law on this so do respond to that and also write to your MP I think you know write to your MP and say you're very concerned about this why is the government doing this it's got all these various issues breach of freedom of speech breach of human rights etc etc um so let's do that yeah any final comments from anybody Matthew or or Ade?
2: Well, I think there are, I just want to say, I, I'm really keen that none of us are discouraged. I think actually, lots been very encouraging about this. I think it's been great seeing Christian uh, leaders come together. Um, I think it's been wonderful to see the sort of the strength of, of faithful Christians willing to kind of be the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who are you know, willing to be thrown into the fiery furnace if necessary, rather than disobey the Lord. Um, that's been great. But I think, of course, that the, the best thing of all is we've had a chance to talk about conversion in, you know, in front of the nation, which is brilliant. You know, let's, I, we should really aim to use every conversation where this comes up. Let's use it as a chance to talk about. There is nothing better than being converted mm. uh, to and by Jesus Christ. Um, you know, he he's come to rescue us from our sinful desires and from death and from hell and uh, from the judgment of God. And he's come to bring us into uh, a richness of eternal life, uh, which begins right now. We could never have had otherwise, in which no one else on earth has anything near. But uh, we've got all of that. Uh, to speak about and it's been given to us on a plate by this issue so uh, I think we should be enthusiastic about um, the opportunity that the Lord has given us in this and yeah let's pray for the government let's pray for people to be converted and um, let's pray for those people who in the moment are uh, perhaps listening because they're still you know still within the LGBT world and uh, pray for them to hear that actually there is something far better than just going with your desires all the time and that is to come and bow the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God.
1: And I just want to encourage church leaders and and the church generally that when the voice from the church is mute, the noises in the city get louder. But when we refuse to be silent as church and speak out, change is always possible. And I want to encourage from what we have seen happen here that please, there's no fair, There's no trying to hide. Step up, be that city on the hill. Trust the Lord. Even as we enter in the season of celebrating the birth and remembering the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He was proclaimed, he was declared, he was spoken of. And by that, look at the blessings that the world receives because he was spoken out about, fulfilled. Let's use this period as well to also speak to society more about that baby Jesus who has become saviour, and celebrate that it's about him. Let the name of Jesus Christ at this season be louder than anything else, and like never before, because that name is a name that God has given him. And at that declaration of the name, knees bow, tongues confess his lordship. So don't be ashamed at this season. Declare it loud and clear. Jesus Christ is Lord.
0: Amen well oh man fantastic uh, thank you so much it's great to have you on um ade and matthew uh, really great conversation thank you for the fantastic initiative of this letter and we are encouraged um by the response and the impact that it's having um so far so thank you for joining us and uh, look forward to chatting again thank you for listening or watching um as well do follow us on facebook youtube twitter and wherever else and uh, and sign up to our podcast as well and uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon thank you very much